back to Weekly Call with Jose Dejaro from the New York Stock Exchange. The stock market endured another range about week, which ended with the market remaining just below its record high from January 6th. The S&P 500 shed around two-tenths of a percent for the week, while small caps underperformance and in the Russell 2000 lower by 1.4%. Bond and equity markets were closed on Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day, while the remainder of the week featured a sideways drift ahead of Friday's inauguration of Donald Trump as the 45th President of the United States. Citizens, a different reality exists. Mothers and children trapped in poverty in our inner cities. Rusted out factories scattered like tombstones across the landscape of our nation. An education system flush with cash, but which leaves our young and beautiful students deprived of all knowledge and the crime and the gangs and the drugs that have stolen too many lives and robbed our country of so much unrealized potential this american carnage stops right here and stops right now the stock market enjoyed a big post-election rally on hopes that uh, the regulation and policies introduced by the new administration will boost economic growth. However, with the S&P 500 soaring nearly 7% in the month that follow election uh, day, the past five weeks uh, future range-bound trade, only three sectors ended the week in negative territory with two registering weekly losses uh, larger than 1%. One of them was uh, the financial sector that lost around 1.6% for the week, but the decline took uh, place after the sector soared nearly 20% in the five weeks after the election. Uh, the healthcare sector also underperformed, but the counter-cyclical group uh, remained in the green for the month despite surrendering around 1.5% uh, last week. On the upside, uh, consumer staples and telecom services recorded solid weekly gains. In the staple sector, Procter & Gamble also jumped 3.3% on Friday after beating earnings expectations and raising its organic sales growth guidance. Rate Hike expectations solidified a bit with the Fed Fund's futures market projecting a 70.3% implied likelihood of a rate hike coming in June. Over the week, we talked to Bethan Vovino, uh, S&P Global U.S. Chief Economist, about uh, her outlook about the U.S. economy, and this is what she had to say. Economic backdrop, it's a maturing economy. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's getting rather healthy. I mean, it's a, it's it's we're expecting moderate growth. We'll send you our we'll send you our most recent forecast mm -hmm. so and get a sense of where they're at. Unfortunately, it's still within the two percent range. We're mm -hmm. looking at uh, you know 2016 is coming in weaker, largely because of the first half of the year. But we are seeing a comeback in the mm -hmm. second half. So I think we're looking for maybe 1.6. We'll send you our report mm -hmm. uh, so you can double check those numbers. But about 1.6 1, 1 for 2016. 2017 is coming in. Uh, we're looking over 2%, about 2.3. Mm -hmm. Our analysis is what we assume, um, based on the, the new administration, is that you can't, uh, promises are not policy. So mm -hmm. our analysis is based on kind of current, current legislative where the legislative process is right now. Mm -hmm. So um, so we have about 2.3, around there about uh, 2. Point, I think 2018's 
kind of within that range as well. <laughs> and you can check those numbers when we send you the report. Um, what are, why are we, we're still rather optimistic. We don't have, uh, we don't have uh, the risk of a recession for the next 12 months. We have it, I think we have it between 20 to 25. Mm -hmm. um, there, um, one of the things we did increase it slightly, no, actually I think we kept it around there. Obviously there's a lot of uncertainty, certain, certainty worldwide mm -hmm. on the political realm. Um, so we can talk a little bit about that. But generally, 20 to 25 is not bad for a maturing economy. Mm -hmm. um, what are the reasons why we're optimistic still on the U.S. economy? Um, well, uh, basically robust, robust private demand mm -hmm. and hiring. Uh, I think last year you're looking at job gains of around 180,000, yeah. I yeah. think, per month. Yeah. That's not so bad for a, a recovery that's been around for eight years. Mm -hmm. uh, it slowed down from over 200,000 on average the last two years, mm -hmm. but we see that as sort of kind of just like kind of gliding into what would be cruising cycle for a, a for a jobs market. Mm -hmm. uh, the unemployment rates to six and a half, I think four and a half, four point six percent. Maybe maybe it went up to four point seven, mm -hmm. but still again not so bad. Uh, the other thing is that gives reason for people, first of all, to spend, and what we're also seeing is wages picking up. So they have more money in their checks in order to spend at the mall. I think uh, we had been expecting since March of last year that the wages would actually, wage gains year over year would come in at near 3%, mm -hmm. and that was about right, um, according to the most recent jobs report. And that's, in a, in a hell, you know, in a strong economy, you'd see something closer to 35 mm -hmm. or even 4%, mm -hmm. but still, it's a lot better than what we were looking at before, where real wages were negative. Mm -hmm. Um, another thing that's positive that we would say, uh, housing market continues to remain strong. Indeed, probably what builders are struggling with mm -hmm. is the uh, is basically supply shortage, shortages. Jobs, not lack of job, can't find the workers and can't find the ready land mm -hmm. in order to build the homes. But you know the demand in terms of uh, in terms of buying buyer demand is very strong. Mm -hmm. The uh, other areas that we're looking at oil prices. Looks like they've stabilized. Now we don't know. Um, I guess. I guess according to our energy, energy analysts, mm. we're still waiting for OPEC to, to confirm mm -hmm. their decision to cut. Mm -hmm. uh, the numbers aren't in. They, you know, basically we're waiting mm -hmm. to see if they if, if they abided by what they said, mm -hmm. according to our energy analysts. But still, oil prices have stabilized around. I guess they're around fifty dollars or yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, a lot better than, particularly for the energy sector in the United States which has become a bigger part of the U.S. It's still rather small, but, you know, I mean, it, it is something that does contribute, so mm -hmm. that certainly is a factor. And we don't expect, um, and because oil prices are still, even though they've stabilized, they're not shooting up to 100, that means that gasoline prices are somewhat, are still manageable okay. for households. Uh, so it's sort of like the sweet spot, I guess you could say. Consumers are spending, as I said, um, not, not really gangbusters, but they're spending. They're, mm -hmm. spe they're spending, and their and their and their balance sheets are in, in rather you know, in pretty much healthy form on average. Of course, there are some areas that are weak. Um, we can go into the d dynamics of people on the low end and people on the high end, and certainly there are challenges. But on average, the U.S. is the U.S. households are looking better. Mm -hmm. Where are the risks? Um, basically, where are the risks? I mean, you just look at the headlines, and you mm -hmm. can see that. Uh, you know, you've got policy risks. Uh, that's not just in the U.S., um, that's also abroad. What's mm -hmm. happening with Brexit, uh, the question of the Italy, the Italy vote, France, uh, the question of what will happen with the EU is certainly um, on, top of, on, top of, uh, on top of people's minds. Mm -hmm. ISIS, uh, geopolitical risk, yeah. what will happen there? And 
if we want to get back to uh, politics with the, in the U.S. compared to what happens in the world, trade wars are certainly something that um, is a worry for U.S. growth. The uh, while we have seen private demand picking up, uh, investment investment spending on the business side is still rather lackluster. Mm -hmm. It's improved, but it's still lackluster. That's been kind of the that third the third leg of the of mm -hmm. the. Uh, of the stool to keep this economy going has been sort of, um, not, you know, not very strong. Uh, energy, even though there, you know, the slump has improved, but it's still rather weak in terms of job creation. Export slowdown in terms of the dollar is also a factor, and given the dollar is even stronger, that weighs on that weighs on the U.S. economy. Uh, the other factor that you want to mention is particularly what the Fed's going to do. Um, the Fed has been fighting kind of a, a low inflation environment, and that's mm -hmm. still, it has improved somewhat, but it's still an issue. We'll see what happens with the new uh, Congress and new government, what will happen there, but inflation is still rather low, keeping the Fed kind of taking a, a very cautious stance. Uh, one last thing, and this is on the long term, although it affects many factors of the U.S. right now, is the labor participation rate is at a, I think it's now at a 35-year yeah. low. You might want to check that. But yeah, was, I think. It was near 40. It's improved, but it's still very low. That's not just people who are retired. It's mm -hmm. people who just gave up looking. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's people who are discouraged workers who, you know, the longer they stay out of the market, the more their skills atrophy. Mm -hmm. And that's not good. That's not good. That's bad just for them mm -hmm. and their families because they don't have the paychecks to basically keep their household, to support their household. But it's also bad for the U.S. because mm -hmm. potential growth slows. Expectations are high for a flurry of excitement and activity from Washington in the week ahead as President Trump gets to work, but markets probably will not get much in the way of clues on how quickly the new administration will push the tax and growth policies that have driven both stocks and interest rates higher. Uh, Trump is expected to make the repeal of Obamacare a priority. He's also seen moving very quickly on, on the topics of trade with Mexico, immigration and regulations in areas like uh, energy. However, it lacks, uh, it's less likely that there will be much news on the programs markets uh, really care about. Most sense uh, they also must win, uh, win uh, through, through the Congress. As uh, traders fixate on Washington, there are also about 20% uh, of the S&P 500 companies reporting in the coming weeks, uh, including in the coming week actually, including Alphabet, Boeing, Caterpillar, Microsoft and McDonald's. Of the S&P 500 companies that already have reported, 65% have beaten earnings estimates and earnings growth based on the reports and estimates looks to be 6.5% for the fourth quarter, according to Thomson Reuters. GDP and inflation data will dominate the coming week as the UK and the US published their first estimates of how growth fared in the last three months of 2016, while the latest inflation numbers are out for Australia, New Zealand and Japan and also will come under the spotlight. Uh, headlines uh, from uh, Donald Trump's inauguration speech uh, could have an impact on trading on Monday and there could be some volatility from the UK Supreme Court's uh, ruling on triggering Article 50 on Tuesday. 
But let's uh, focus uh, here in, in, in the US since uh, the economic uh, calendar will be one of the busier ones uh, next week, uh, with the highlight being the preliminary GDP figures for, for, for the fourth quarter. Uh, starting the week off on Tuesday, our existing home sales and the market flash manufacturing PMI. Uh, the flash reading is expected to show the manufacturing PMI rising slightly to 54.4 in January. Uh, the services uh, lecture uh, reading actually will follow on Thursday and is also forecast uh, to improve in January. Also to watch on Thursday are new home sales figures and uh, the advanced release of the goods uh, trade balance. On Friday, the latest uh, durable goods orders uh, data is uh, released alongside with the GDP figures. Durable goods orders are forecast to rise around 2.6% uh, month on month in December, recoping uh, some of the 4.5% drop of the prior month. Uh, the big focus, uh, though, will be on the GDP numbers uh, the, to give the first official glimpse uh, into how the economy ended uh, in 2016 as the Fed that looks uh, to raise rates more frequently in 2017. The U.S. economy is forecast uh, to have uh, expanded by an annualized rate of the only 2.2% between, between October and December, which is a slow than the previous quarter's 3.5% rate. Consumer spending is expected to, to be once again the main driver of this growth, while it will be interesting to see how well exports perform given the dollar's strong appreciation during the quarter. And as always, we will keep you posted on all of this on Weekly Call with Jose De Haro. Remember, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and at Weekly Call with Jose De Haro. Thanks for sharing some time with us and have an amazing week.